everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to another spooky edition of Cover B. Ooh. Did you just... I think our cat just sneezed in the mic. Did she you guys did. hear it? <laughs> <laughs> she sneezed all over me. It was great. Our kitty cat's hanging out with us, so if you hear any weird noises... <laughs> we apologize. apologize. Uh, we are... It is It is the, the time of spooks, T. It is... Spooky season. It is the spookiest of seasons. Uh, quick jump scare. Boo! Ha! Ah! Ha! Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, um, now that everyone's gone, uh, <laughs> we are talking about the newest Junji Ito hardcover collection that has come out. Yeah. Uh, this one is called Dissolving Classroom. And it's gross. <laughs> it's gross. Uh, Dissolving Classroom is actually a collection of, and I'm going to stop smacking my leg with this book, um, is a collection of manga that was released from the the main man of spooky, weird imagery that haunts Circles. my dreams. Uh, back in like 2013, 2014. Uh, I believe this is the first collection of it. In English, uh, if not, it's the first hardcover collection of it in English. I know that, at least. Yes, Um, that is true. But it is, it came out on the 25th, so it is out now. It is available at Amazon, Books A Million, various other book dealers, so you can find it all over the place. And it runs $24.95. Dissolving Classroom follows two siblings, uh, Yuma and Chizumi. And they're weird. They're freaking weird. Uh, Yuma is a very apologetic, very friendly, very polite, slightly handsome man who seems to have... Old the, teenager, maybe? Yeah. Who seems to have... Yeah, I mean, he's definitely like upper high school. Yeah. Um, but young man. Yeah. Um, young man. Anyway. This episode is off the rails. Happy Halloween. <clears throat> Yay. I'm recovering from a cold. Um, he has weird abilities to just absolutely morph and deform and destroy and dissolve people. Ew. In strange ways, which we'll cover. Uh, Chizumi is his little sister who is horrifying. Yeah, what is she her deal? She has a weird <laughs> tongue and beady eyes and she's a psychopath. And she has a creepy laugh. She's yeah. a very Joker-esque laugh. It, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a collection of, I believe, let me open it up here and see if I can see how many stories related to these characters, because I didn't come I it's prepared. four. Two, three, four, five. Five. I was wrong! Five stories related to the characters, and then two extra stories at the end uh, that are unrelated, that are just the little blurbs that you sometimes get in these manga collections. But... Um, and it follows them on their journey from kind of their first instance of really like causing mass hysteria uh, all the way to the end where they get manipulated into doing some really awful things. Yeah. And they are the centerpiece of all this. And we bounce around to different characters that are victims. Um, don't get attached to, to any anybody. of them. Uh, and yeah, T, what were your thoughts of Dissolving Classroom? So... First off, this one felt kind of different from other Itos I've participated in, in that this one doesn't feel like it takes itself quite as seriously mm-hmm. as other ones that I've read. 
Um, it definitely has. It's definitely a great example of that, like Junji Ito humor. Yes, you know what it, I mean. It does feel like, he has very some like stories. <laughs> he has some stories that aren't very humorous, where he's taking them very seriously and very dark. Yes, but then he has a lot of other stories that where he works that humor in, and this is definitely that one. This is definitely the humor side. Yes, You're this right. is definitely the humor side, and it's 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 gross. Like, you know, all of his imagery is always, you know, more on the disturbing side, more on the, like, weird and surreal, and there's, like, holes and phobias a lot of the time, and there's, like, a lot of bugs, and it's always kind of, like, freaky-deaky. But this one's just, like, gross. It's a viscerally gross. There's literally just, like, melting. It's, like, face melting. It's, like, full scanners face melting stuff. Like, there's goop. There's goop, yep. and somebody eats the goop, and it's gross, and you feel goopy while you're looking at the goop, because he does such a good job of making you feel the goop. It's just, I di- it's so goopy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy good. It, it is, it is very clearly a take on uh, the kind of disingenuousness that word Dis- yes disingenuosity of uh like an overly polite or overly apologetic society which yeah. you know him being japanese makes sense but it even extends to things that are further and more relatable just to wherever you're from yep you know this idea you know and i'll spoil story number one dissolving classroom uh is the first story and we find out that yuma made a deal with the devil and the way he communicates with the devil is through apologies through apologizing all the time apologizing for everything and when he does that it creates this electromagnetic field between him and the devil which causes people's brains to melt through their faces and he did it to his parents originally and they just haul their parents heads around with them everywhere they go and uh He's doing it to the school that he's at. And we're following this main character who's dealing with it happening. And his sister will like randomly assault people in the village and then he'll go to their homes and apologize, which then kills those people. And it's just this compounding thing. What we never really truly find out is whether the story that we're told about him making a deal with the devil, which we only hear only ever hear from Chizumi. We hear two different stories. Yep. We hear from Yuma that he was really stressed and abused as a child, so he took it out on local wildlife, and now the wildlife is punishing him by making his sister crazy. Mm-hmm. And then we find out from Chizumi that he made a deal with the devil, and that's what's happening, and that he gets kind of an erotic pleasure from apologizing. But what's really happening among these pages, and the the method by which people are transformed and abused um, changes as uh, time goes by. Like in each story, it's a different kind of disingenuous thing. And it's really, that's what it's all about. It's all about like being in a society where like apologies are considered expected or considered, but they're not necessarily meant you know what I mean? Like literally apologies are causing people's brains to melt. And there's a big commentary toward the end about like public apologies Yep. and how like, no matter what you do, if you make a public apology, 
everyone's brains will melt and suddenly that's forgotten. Like yeah. whatever you did is forgotten, which is something we experience a lot. Yep. Dazzara Miller. Um <laughs> Mel Gibson, who's still getting work. And Somehow. Etc. So it's it's there's a lot it's 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 a cool metaphor. And it's yeah. not a hard it's not a hard one to dig up. It's no. not it's not super like in your face and ham fit. I mean it is. It's really in your face, but because of that Junji Ito humor, it works. And the gore. And the and the gore of it and the weirdness of it. But because of the humor side of it, it re- it really works. It's not like ham fisted or heavy handed. Um So it's an easy metaphor to get, and it's just something that's so relatable. Especially if you come from like a family of like people pleasers or you know, you live in a society like what's society is in japan where everything's very rigid in a lot of ways um or a lot of societies i mean different religions have very religion like very rigid expectations of people and that can skew your view of things like apologies or gratitude or compliments and etc 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 there's also something to be said about the like frustrating experience in adolescence of someone getting their way, someone getting high praise, someone getting um in getting considered a higher value because of a way they act that's not real. Like I know of plenty of people who were, you know, I personally was very loud and brash as a kid because I'm loud and brash as an adult and sometimes people who were quieter and more polite would be respected higher by adults, but they're actually like snaky and mean and bullies behind closed mm. doors, but that's never seen. It's it's this like face yeah. and that like adolescent face and how frustrating it is. And there's an example in the book of a young kid who's kind of like a lot and he's like, man, nobody believes me because this guy's so nice, but I know he's not nice. Yeah. Like, trust me, this guy's not cool. He's he's horrible, and he's killing people. And they're like, but he's so nice. And that's something that's always said about serial killers, right? It's like, I had no idea. He's always such a nice boy. It's like, nice doesn't mean good, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And that's such a, that's such a, like you said, such a relatable thing that so many of us experience, especially in adolescence, when, like, someone else doesn't get punished because people don't think they're capable of it. Yeah. It's all a facade. It was cool to see, uh, to see Ito do, uh, like play around with the trope of like kid horror. Yeah. He doesn't, he does a little in, in his works where you have like a younger person and their parents just don't believe them. Yeah. But so much of his stuff is so quick to just pop off. Yeah. Like that's true. You'll have a young woman, She's in high school and she's seeing terrible things and she goes to her parents and she's like, I've seen terrible things. And her parents are like, nah, you're not seeing terrible things. And then like the next panel, the terrible thing explodes out of the kitchen sink and eats both her parents. Yeah, and it didn't matter anyway. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, cool. But this one was a bit, especially with the one that focused around the young boy, was a bit more of playing with that. What well, we see a lot in Western horror Um especially like the horror of the eighties that focused around like younger characters. So things like lost boys and things like fright night and things yeah. like uh monster squad and stuff like that, where you have uh, an it stranger things does it. Yep. Stranger things is pretty good about it because they rope the adults in pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but there's still, I mean like Mike's parents 
are like, why are these kids in my damn house? Yeah. And like that's Get all out they of my care basement. about. <laughs> um, you know, the entire town's being consumed by Cthulhu monsters, and his dad's just like, I want to read the dang paper. But I don't know why his dad's country <laughs> for me, but anyway. Um, Projecting. So it was cool. Yeah, it was my experience when I lived in Indiana. Um, it was cool to see him play with that trope. You know what I mean? Have this boy who was trying to like convince his parents. And the the first character that we see in the first story too is like trying to convince her parents that something's happening. But of course he goes and fully etos it when you've got this boy and not to be too spoilery, but he escapes and he goes and he tells the police. And the next time we hear of him, oh yeah, no, he died. Yeah. Well, what? He did. what? We don't see it. We don't know how. We don't know who. It's just like, oh, no, he did. You're like, oh, all right. Cool. It's bleak. A lot of these characters meet a very bleak end. Um, but it's it's just really cool. And it's it's you can tell he's passionate about saying what he's trying to say here. And it's funny because I keep experiencing uh, Ito stories that were done like years ago. That just feel very relatable nowadays. Very modern, yeah. Um, very modern sensibilities. And I mean, you know, 2013, 2014 in the grand scheme of things wasn't long ago, but when you consider all the stuff we've gone through since 2020, oh even gosh. since 2016, yeah, like all the heaping piles of burning garbage we've gone through. <laughs> it's been a tumultuous last 10 years. <laughs> It feels like a lot. And, you know, there was a, I forget which story it was in, but in like 2021, uh, I think we talked about it on graphic novelties, but we did a collection of Ito stories and there was one in there that felt a ton like the pandemic that yeah. apparently came out in like 2014 or yeah. something. And it just felt very like, oof, you know. Gonna have to start being like, Ito did it. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the Simpsons thing going on. Uh, but no, this one's cool. Dissolving Classroom was really, really fun. Uh, it's it's a great example of horror comedy in general. Yeah. Like, I think if you if you're the type of person that like I need to show someone what horror comedy is, or I'm teaching a class on horror comedy, this one's worth picking up because it was really fun and funny and strange and absurd, almost Lynchian at times. Yes, that's a good um, description. I will say too, it you know it is gory, it is gross, there is ookiness. But it's Ito's black and white, and so it never yeah. feels well, so graphic that you're <clears throat> uncomfortable. That's the thing is, like, because of its kind of, like, weirdness and yeah. the fact that it's always described as, like, oh, their brains are melting. Mm -hmm. You never really accept that it's gore. Like, you never really accept it as, like, a bloody mess. No. You kind of just, just visualize it as this, like, pink bubblegum-esque goo coming out of these people. Yeah. And, like, there's bottles of, like, people oil later. And there, I think there's, like... There's, like, two really gory moments. Uh, and, you know, trigger warning, there is, like, self-harm that happens at one point. Yeah. Um, and then there's, like, one where people get dissolved and they're just skeletons. Uh, but, like, the rest of it is just so, like, kind of zany that it's, like, you know, it, it's kind of like the, the, the blob, right? Like, you see the blob, like, ah, and it, like goes over somebody and then it leaves and it's just a skeleton it's like that's not really that gory but it is when you really think about it, it you know the visuals very much relate to like the stuff 
yeah, that yeah, 80s yeah. movie where they're eating the like pink ice cream and yeah. it ends up like melting them or whatever. Yeah, it's just getting eaten by yogurt. Yeah, yeah, it's that exact same vibe. It's yeah. like this you see the stuff like coming out of people, but it you in even in, without color in your mind's eye, you see it as like bright pink gack, not as like gore. It's yeah. weird, but it's effective. Yeah, it's cool. I uh, I really really liked this book. I and, and I mean that's not a surprise. <laughs> Junji Ito does it. I'm gonna read it and enjoy it. I, I great stuff. But this is just wacky. He's, and I love how wacky it is. He's starting to get up there in graphic novelties episodes. Up to Mr. Brubaker. He's know, getting right? close. Well, he's probably past Brubaker <laughs> at this point. We need to start branching out a little bit more we've done better recently but it's halloween we couldn't not talk about a yeah i saw this one was coming out and i was like oh that'd be a great halloween episode so i wanted to do it and it was worth it yeah. it was really cool i'm glad that i read this because this was really really fun it's neat so that's gonna do it for us thank you so much for listening uh if you want more episodes of cover b you can find them on our website which is coverbpodcast.com. That's right. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so at coverbpodcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So thank you once again. <laughs> and as always, I have been Count Chrysula, and this has been Franken T. That was your Frankenstein's last name? I'm more of a bride of Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she just screams. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Jump scare. Woo! <laughs> anyway. You have been wonderfully jump scared by Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, everybody. Bye.